Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hepner with my co-hosts, Leslie Hoskins and Timothy Cunio. Timothy, you have to tell us, we previously talked about you were going to test out this robotic dog. You've done it now. Tell us about it. Uh, man, uh, this dog, well, they call it a dog. It doesn't even, it looks like a dog, but it's not a dog. It looks kind of weird. <laughs> um, there's very small head on it, if there's a head at all. And it's kind of lunky, a wobbly. Okay. They did different stages. There's four different stages to this dog. The first thing they did is like, uh, they made me walk and then they tightened it up or they made it loose. I'm talking about NASCAR here a little bit, oh. but it was weird. With Glacier, I know what she's doing with this thing. I had no idea what it was going to do or how it's going to turn me and stuff like that. And uh, they made me do different kinds of turns and which one feels more natural to you. And I have no idea what this dog's doing. And I said, it should be some kind of beeping noise or something if it's going to turn left or right or nothing. Oh. So I felt like I wasn't a part of this thing. I felt no connection to it. Yeah. And then the final stage, they finally turned it on. It was talking to me. I'm going to take a left. I'm going to walk around this. <laughs> oh, no way. We're going down a hallway. We're going through doors. There's a vending machine on your left. There's an outside door. And it tells you how the how the weather is outside. It was a was, talking dog. Was the dog telling you what to do though or where you were it going? It was basically, yes, it was telling me and that was one of the one of the things I didn't like about it. With Glacier, I'm I'm driving the Glacier. Yeah. When I'm with this thing, I feel like I'm just hanging on and I'm just going for the ride. It's like I'm the passenger. So how would that work in the real world? You'd have to like program in your route ahead of time and then Well, they are so far away, Leslie, from yeah. getting this thing. It is just infantile yet. It can't go up steps or go up curbs. Oh, or, yeah. And they're going to have problems with the lithium battery in it. Uh, if it's mm -hmm. outside and it's 20 degrees outside, the lithium battery will go and be zapped out. Yeah. And water. And it got really exciting at the towards the end of it. At the beginning of it, I was not impressed. <laughs> Wait, so I'm... So curious, like, did you have a handle harness to hold on to or how did it that was work? a handle harness? It was a handle harness and um, the harness felt good. I liked the harness of it. And then they made me try a leash. Let's try a leash with this. And I'm, uh, it was when I put that, was grabbing the leash, it was a hot mess. It was, no, I told them this doesn't work. See, the problem was I was the only guide dog user they had to touch that dog. Everybody else has just been with a cane. Yeah. And cane people have not yet had a guide dog, so they can't give them what me and Glacier go through. And it was just, I appreciate what they're doing, but they are just barely scraping the surface. They got all these things they want to put into this dog. The technology is out there, but it's like biscuits. You got so many ingredients and put it together, then you got a beautiful biscuit. They got a long ways to go. I love that. It's a beautiful biscuit. biscuit. It's just like biscuits. Well, you know me and food. Mean food. Oh, uh, now I want a biscuit. <laughs> oh, well, that is so, but that's so cool to like be able to try that at least. Was Gla Glacier was there with you, right? How did she react? She did to this? not like that dog. She growled. Really? And uh, whenever I went through my stages and got done with the stages, she ran over to me and got to the left of me and said, okay, here I am. <laughs> She's like this. This Do thing not is replace not taking me. my job. <laughs> and so I got a picture of me and Glacier with the robotic oh. dog on Instagram, and I have this music of the Terminator on it. <laughs> that's oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> Timothy, 
Timothy, you're going to have to send that to me because I'm sure people are going to want to see that picture when we promote it. I will send it. you the picture. Did the, the robotic dog have like a name? I think it's called Moby. Moby, okay. Moby was its name. But the thing about it is Moby was being directed and driven by somebody with a joystick or a handle behind me. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to put AI in it. Mm-hmm. And Moby ran over a sign, wet floor sign. It ran over it. Gotcha. So if I fell down or Moby would keep on walking. <laughs> so if I fell down, I would have to, Moby would just keep on going. Yeah. So they got a good start. They've got a long ways to go. Yeah, Timothy, I just pulled up your Instagram and I pulled up the picture of it. I now see what you're saying, that it doesn't exactly resemble a dog. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a table with a harness on it is yeah. how I yeah. would describe it. Like a little side table <laughs> that's, that's interesting. got stuff and on it. And what drove me crazy, and I told him it, it walks really slow, probably about a quarter speed of what Glacier does. And you hear a noise all the time. And I said, that would drive somebody like me crazy. Because we listen, we listen for our environment. And that's just the gears inside that thing. And that would drive me insane, which is not too far of a drive. But anyway. That's really interesting, though. And I think that's so cool that they're working on this, though. Yeah, I mean, I is. personally, right, I believe nothing will ever replace a working guide dog. However, that people are wanting to create technology and resources to help people who are blind or visually impaired. Listen, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Maybe that a robotic dog is going to be a good fit for somebody. That's awesome. Whatever's going to yeah. work. So yeah. I'm super excited about that. And I think that's awesome that you were a part of the research. Yeah, they've asked me to come back. So I'm looking forward to going back. And yeah. they said, hey, be brutal about it on the podcast because they listen. Hey, John. Oh, shout and, out to uh, John. <laughs> so uh, they told me be brutal about it. The only thing hey. I don't like about it also, they don't have intelligent disobedience in it. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I said, what will happen if you walked out in the street? Uh, glacier will stop. He said, well, I guess you'll get hit. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not I good. Like that answer. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, Moby, yeah. you're not selling yourself. No. <laughs> no. Hey, got, no. Hey, got some work to do, though. Then that's got good to know. To and good you know start. what? It could be good for someone who maybe doesn't want the responsibility of a dog, but wants more than a cane, I would say. And Leslie is going to shake her head at me when I say that. No, but. I think I think there is a place for something like that. You know, if you think about even just like assisted living homes where somebody's doing the same route to the dining room all the or time. College. and uh, Yeah, or college or something where, you know, maybe they don't have the physical ability to move a cane back and forth, but they could hold on to this robotic dog. Or yeah. I mean, there's a place for, for everything, right? People have so many different needs and varying degrees. And I think it's, I think it's really cool. I'm excited about it. So thank you for sharing, Timothy. Everything starts somewhere. And that's a cool idea. Also, way to go for you, Timothy. You are really like putting your name out there and people are recognizing you and going to you for so many different things. So you are just doing incredible things. So we're very proud of you, Timothy. All right. Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I love, I mean, I think back to when you came on campus that first time for O&M to like, look at you now. What aren't you doing at this point? I mean, goodness, you're involved in so many things. I just, I, I love very being proud busy. Of you. I love being busy. Look, I can't get. You're an O&M teacher. I know. I'm so proud. <laughs> Is she really, crying? Oh. I'm not crying. 
yet. Yeah. It's been an episode since I've, I haven't cried in a while, but I am. I'm very proud of you. We got to get some more tears out of her. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We should probably get into our episode today. We have a really cool guest (laughs) today that we're going to move right along into uh, because we are actually inviting back or welcoming back a former guest, but just to discuss a whole new topic this time. Yes. Janine Penzone was previously on the podcast with her kids, Zach and Kayla, who are both leader dog clients. She's a student at Salis University studying orientation and mobility and vision rehabilitation therapy. And she was at leader dog in the fall as an O&M intern. Janine, welcome back to the podcast. It was great to see you in September. What have you been doing lately since the last time you were on the podcast? Thanks for having me. And it was really great to finally meet you when we were together on campus. So since then, I've finished all my coursework at Salish University, and I am now uh, finished up my internship with Leader Dog. So I was out here for the fall working with all O&M clients here at Leader Dog. Zach and Kayla both came to campus and they stayed on campus. So what was that like for you coming to campus and you stayed on campus for your internship? What was that like? It was pretty cool. It was kind of a, a full circle for me. It, you know, except for it started backwards. We had dogs that came to the house <laughs> and yeah. then I went to school. So first of all, you know, dealing with the children with their um, visual impairments, then having the dogs. Then I decided to go back to school and um, get my master's in orientation and mobility and vision rehab therapy, and then do all the coursework, working with them and seeing things a little differently, why things were taught to them. And then actually living on campus for three months was really great. I know they were only here, what, three weeks? Is that what they stay when they come to get their dogs? So being here over closer to four months, three and a half months is Definitely a little different than what they experienced, (laughs) but it was wonderful to put faces with names and actually get to know people because there's so many that are still here that had worked with my kids yeah, and some who just started when they started and just hearing about their journey at Leader Dog, it's, it's been really great. So I guess the first full circle of it is your kids want the leader dog and now you want the leader dog. Exactly. I think that's awesome, the entire family. And how was the food while you were there? I'm sure. Oh my gosh, I was going to ask that. The food is amazing. I have never been anywhere where it is, It like chefs cook it. It's, it's phenomenal, the food. And if it's something you don't like, they're like, oh, let me get you something else. They're like, like your little old grandma is just wanting to feed you all the time and... <laughs> They're fantastic. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, They really are. I am interested in your perspective. So I also did my internship, my O&M internship at Leader Dog. And I thought it was so interesting. However, I feel like your perspective will be even better watching multiple guide dog classes come through, right? So you got to see in your time multiple classes come through. So you're seeing people from their first day and their whole three-week journey what was that like from your perspective? And then thinking back and, you know, those conversations with Zach and Kayla while they were on campus kind of going through the same things. So being here with them, it, it's interesting watching because I never understood the first day you don't get your dog when you're here. It's a couple days in. So you have all this excitement and anticipation with the clients and you're, you know, I was in the dining halls with them with, for their meals and just seeing them in the hallways. So it was definitely different when the day came they got their dogs everything changed when you saw them you saw still some nerves because they weren't sure exactly how to handle the dog or were they handling it correctly which you know the 
the guide dog mobility instructors were all around to help them with that. So it wasn't like they got their dog and they were left alone to figure out what to do next. And then just watching them develop the relationship with their dogs was something I didn't get to see with the kids. Mm -hmm. I just kind of heard like, oh, like we did this today with the dogs or, oh, we had puppy massage day and I learned how to do this or, oh, my dog really likes to um, play with the Kong. So I saw those things, but with my children, but with the clients, you actually got to watch them every day change and how the dog started really listening to them and following the, following them and, you know, learning their little likes or dislikes. Like recently a client, every time I came in the room, had to sniff me and that was it. Sniffed and then went and sat where they had to be. If I wasn't there, then the dog would turn and sit facing my chair until I came, <laughs> which, was, which was kind of funny. But then once I was there, world was good. Okay, I'm going back to look at mom now. I don't yeah. need to, to worry yes. that this person is here or not here. So it, it's just, I think the growth was you saw every day with the clients on campus, but with my children, it was just whatever little story they wanted to tell me. And there wasn't the full explanation of why they were doing or what they were doing or how they were experiencing it. It was just whatever they wanted to tell me. So watching, you know, from the morning, the clients getting instruction on um, what they're going to do for the day or what skills they're going to work on. And then, of course, if there's any behavioral problems with the dogs, they get to talk about it and give guidance. They were given guidance on how to rectify that. So me, you know, I, I remember, you know, Kayla calling and saying like, Kane likes to lay on the corner of blankets. And she's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. I don't know if that's allowed <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know, and I'm like, well, oh, I don't think they should have anything, you know, but <laughs> yeah, you know, having the ability to go to the guide dog mobility instructor and say, this is a behavior that's happening. Um, is it okay? Where calling me to ask me, I'm like, I don't know. I would say no well, yeah, ask them right. because they're the experts, you know? So it, it, it was after the fact hearing maybe that there was something going on, how it was rectified and okay, this is what we're doing now. We're at, there. I got to see the whole process happening with the clients. That's very cool. So you were at Leader Dog though for an orientation and mobility internship. So last time we spoke to you, mm -hmm. you were finishing up your classes. You still hadn't done kind of like your blindfold class uh, to learn all those skills, the cane skills under blindfold. Uh, but now or in the fall, you were an O&M intern at Leader Dog. What was that like? Like what is a day in the life of an O&M intern? Because <laughs> I don't think we've talked about the internship much no. other than my little tidbits here and there. <laughs> so it is a lot of fun. So, you know, our day is 7.30 to 4 is usually what we are working with the clients. We have a lesson in the morning that goes from like 8.30 to around 11. Then the clients have a break and then we have another lesson, 1 to 3. And then if they're a client that would benefit from night lessons, then we do go out depending in September. It was later in the evening. Yeah. You know, in November, it was earlier in the <laughs> evening, just depending on when the when the darkness was. But it's really neat that you get to start with a client that's here for a week. They come with a specific goal or maybe they don't know what their goal is and you can help them figure out what they really want to learn. And then that whole week is just building on what is necessary for them to travel safely and independently. So mornings and afternoons are different every day. We're in different environments. Clients have different goals. You know, some really want to learn escalators and travel in rural environments. Others 
they just want to know how to walk across a parking lot without getting sucked into that vortex of <laughs> yeah. the road or the <laughs> or the building where you know they don't want to be some you know they know how to cross streets with all quiet or with stop signs but if you get to a busier intersection they're not sure what to do so we have so many of those environments here that we can take them and teach to them so it's it's really cool that it can be so individualized for each person so the janine at towards yeah. the end of the internship, did they let you be one-on-one with a client at, yes. towards the end? Yeah. And so how did that make you feel that you're changing somebody's life at that moment for a week? How did that make you feel inside that you're making a difference in somebody's life? This is what I want to do. It is so amazing to look and going from something so simple that the client thought was so monstrous that they couldn't do it. And finding out there is really simple techniques that they can do it. And it's the best feeling in the world to be able to say, look at, look at you. Now you can do this. Look at on Monday, you weren't able to um, understand how to do this. And on Friday, you're doing it at a hundred percent. Like that's the best feeling in the world to be able to help someone like that. Earlier in the fall, Janine, you and one of the other certified orientation mobility specialists, Tommy, did my blindfold walk with me. You guys took me downtown Mm -hmm. and I learned a lot because I felt like I was kind of just dropped off and told (laughs) where I was going. (laughs) I walked up. I think I walked up. um, Did I walk up somebody's driveway? Do you remember that? Yes, I did. I walked up somebody's driveway. Mm -hmm. I was just saying hi. (laughs) Um, But like just... You know, doing those sort of things and that I learned a lot because I just, you know, I learned what our clients go through. And it's such a mental, mental week. I mean, that morning for me, I was exhausted. I was like, I still have to work the last half the day. Um, But it's just sentimentally like, which direction am I going? Am I going north? I am also, I am very bad at directions. Like I rely on a GPS just to get like five minutes down the road. So what was that like kind of learning that part with the clients? Because it is such a mental thing for them to be able to, you know, think about where they're going, the directions, all of that. How do you navigate that? So I, I agree with you. It is very mentally taxing. I have to explain to the client sometimes that it's not, you're tired, not because of the physicalness that you do, but because of how much you're thinking or what you're thinking about. So it's really trying to get them to start thinking maybe in a little different way than mm-hmm. what they were prior to coming here. Um, and you, the easiest way is to start small. You want to tell them, yes, this is the direction that we're going in. We, we just want you to know that. But then just repeating to them, letting them know, you don't have to remember the street names or um, all you have to remember is what side the parallel street is on. So take that away. And then just building upon that every day, um, And then finding out if there is a a problem where they're just not understanding north and south, then you can take that part out and just work on um, moving north to south on the block. So they can take it and it's generalized here and you want them to be able to take it back home and be able to apply it at home. So a lot of times we also will look at the home environment and see if we can replicate something that's in their home environment that maybe would make it... um, more understandable for them to, to follow. But usually start by just repeating the directions. You know, we do the same couple routes in the beginning, just building. And we'll say, you know, 
Walnut Street is on your left. You're going to um, Third Street. So we keep telling you the names of the streets. And some people pick up real quick and they remember the name of the street. Yeah. Others don't, and they don't have to. Yeah. It's just the way you're moving. If we're on the street, which way is the traffic moving? Let's listen to the traffic and use that because as funny as it is, uh, traffic is your best friend when you have no vision. <laughs> It's, yeah, layering the information, starting really small. And we do want just, uh, you know, because there's two parts to orientation mobility. There's the mobility, which is getting physically from point A to point B safely, like maneuvering through the environment. And there's that orientation piece, which is knowing where you are, where you're going, and how to get there. And so then you have to put all that together, which is absolutely a lot. And so if we can kind of build that muscle memory of moving the cane regularly so that we don't have to think about that as much, Mm -hmm. and then you add on all these other pieces like Janine is saying, I'm curious, though, so talking a little bit about uh, Christina's blindfold experience, which, right, is just a glimpse and it builds a little bit of empathy yeah. and understanding for what our clients go through. But Janine, last time we had talked, as mentioned, you hadn't yet gone through your blindfold, what we call like kind of blindfold training at school or in uh, in college. And so I am a firm believer. I don't think I would believe in the skills had I not learned them myself. Like, had I not had to be under blindfold two hours a week, every week in grad school to learn all these skills and actually go out and cross streets and do these things, I don't know that I would have as much faith or believe in them as much as I do because I've done them. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. I agree 100%. And there's even the empathy part. Mm -hmm. I was with a group myself and either one other student or two students and we would take turns with an instructor being blindfolded and my coursework was done in Philadelphia so we started in smaller environments we started on campus then we went to you know a residential neighborhood that was quiet then we went to semi-business then we went to downtown Philadelphia and then we were taking transportation public transportation so I agree 100% because I don't think I could completely understand you know, when you're looking at someone and say, how could you get disoriented when you're trying to cross the street? Put a blindfold on. Listen, you can get disoriented very quickly. Mm -hmm. So doing that allows you to come up with the strategies, the importance of the strategies to help others who do have that problem. Watching the other cohorts, you know, also was like, oh, I never thought about, you know, doing something that way I would have just went straight A to B but they realized that there was too much noise there so they went you know backwards and and crossed the street so it's learning different perspectives from people Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean I had never been on a subway before my first subway experience was blindfolded in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. so that was um, quite challenging but it also gave me um, the understanding to let's make sure the client knows what to expect. Let's talk about it ahead of time. I wish I had that. I didn't when we went, but that was the purpose of the skill. Yes. (laughs) You you went and did, but it just gave me a way to be like, I can take this back and use it with my clients because I know how I felt in that situation. And they may feel that way and not know how to verbalize it. Mm -hmm. So if you just include thinking about assumptions that could happen when you're traveling, I think takes a lot of anxiety out for people. So I, I believe that was probably the biggest thing I learned is some empathy and, and ways that I can teach others. Absolutely. It's not the same. We can no. take the blindfold off at the end of yeah. the lesson and look exactly. back and see what we learned. But I do firmly believe that it's such a key piece to building empathy and understanding and being a good O&M instructor. 
one thing I do want to talk about too, I think a huge perk, uh, which I think there are a lot of perks, obviously, of being an O&M intern at Leader Dog specifically, but is the <laughs> team and getting to shadow and observe and work with so many different comms. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. I do like that. I liked it a lot. Being able to work with everyone. I took pieces from what everybody was saying or how they taught. It's really great, the team that I worked with, because you can come back from a lesson and be like, hey, I experienced this. What do you got for me? And everyone has something, either agrees with someone else or like, hey, why don't you try this? You were never on your own through the whole internship without somebody or someone's guidance. Or if they knew you were out with something that was more challenging for you, or you knew the client was very anxious about something that you had talked about, sending me a message. Everything going okay? Do you need us for any support? We're here. Just let us know, which is great because I know I learn better that way. And just knowing that you're supported makes it so much easier to go out and do your job. And knowing that you can always come back and ask whatever questions you want to a really great team. All right. Well, Janine, you went to Leader Dog. You learned all these skills for the becoming O&M. What's next for you? What's on the horizon? <laughs> What's yeah. on the horizon for me? <laughs> well, this spring I am doing, uh, I have to do, do my internship for vision rehab therapy. And then after that, I will be looking for a job, primarily O&M. And if I could do O&M VRT, that would be great. So options are open to whatever comes. Sky's the limit. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Who knows? That is so exciting. So are you looking to be closer to Zach and Kayla? They're both, where are they both at again? They're in Pennsylvania right That's now. That's what I thought. Okay. Are you looking to be in Pennsylvania? No. Um, <laughs> they're good. They don't need her. <laughs> I taught them everything. Yeah. 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 They got it. And poor Jenna, too. We always, Jenna's I, also yeah. fun. Jenna's yes. doing yes. great, too. She is. She is. But um, no, my intention was, you know, um, after I went back to school, that I would like to go with a good company and work with them. My intention is not to stay in the area back home, but I'm open to whatever comes around. So you let the kids go off to college and now you get to go do Spend your wings. I, yeah, exactly. Cause, yep. Because I, you know, when they were younger, it was, it was harder to do that, but they're, you know, well established in, in what they're doing and where they want to go. So it's my turn to figure that part out. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing about your experience as an O&M intern. You've just brought so much perspective, and I know you are going to be amazing in the field as an orientation and mobility specialist. So welcome. We're excited to have you. And thank you for all of your future work. Thank you for having me today. Of course. And thank you so much to our listeners for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with hosts Timothy Cuno and Christina Hepner. We hope you enjoyed catching up with Janine. Please join us again next time as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. If you'd like to learn more about applying to our free services at LeaderDog, you can head to LeaderDog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at takingthelead at leaderdog.org with any questions or ideas. If you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream.